Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>
And I mean, to an extent, I did too. I wrote a little mini, I, I wrote something that was more to get a vibe, a feel. But I think that a vibe and a feel is something important to capture. And I'll tell you right now, one of the biggest hurdles that I feel is I still don't feel that we've perfectly cracked Revergent Magic anyway. So building a subclass that relies yeah. on virgin, Revergent Magic is, we're playing yep. a little loosey-goosey there because I, I still don't feel like I have, a, a, uh, I feel like I'm like 75% of the way there. Yeah, and I added Revergence. a, I ended but, up adding like an improved um, primeval sense within the verge. And, you know, and I was like kind of going, mm-hmm. oh, you know, because yep. they can, you know, whereas normal primeval sense that your average ranger gets um, can tell you something's nearby, but it can't pinpoint it. I felt like they could. Right. Well, well they can I mean, use the mycelial you know, network something, beneath the ground, right. well, just like know, in the last of us. That's what in my mind, I was just like, well, no, they could, they could definitely zero in on where the trouble is. Like when the blue people right. hook their ponytails up to the trees and Avatar, yeah, totally. and they can sense well, the whole world. I guess, yeah, that's how it was. You know, here's the thing. So I'm. This is this is ultimately because I was pondering on my drive home from my second job, and I was like, why did I just keep going off the rails? Is because I traditionally play rangers, and so like as I'm writing a story about a ranger, yeah. I'm like, well, what do I want this ranger to be able to do? What what would make him cooler? What are, you know? And I just kept. And having more familiarity with them in general, even going back to second edition, I was like, well, I, I just wanted to be cooler. This is what I want. I mean, everyone who plays Rangers wants them to be cooler. Because, you know, it's a rare yeah. uh, adventure, I think, where you utilize what the Ranger is supposed to specialize in. You know, uh, how often do you do mm-hmm. the, you know, I mean, the hunting is nice, but, you know, whatever. Tracking things, a lot of things can track. You know, it, it, it's hard. I like the idea of the Ranger, but the execution... I struggle with. I feel like having Mm -hmm. a ranger in the party does layer on some responsibility on part of Mm -hmm. the player to push for using their abilities like tracking and things like that. But also the dungeon master, the the game master for giving them scenarios in which they could feel inspired to use those abilities. So you need to, again, that's that whole lightning rods thing from Mike Shea, uh, where if you've got people that do a thing, give them that thing to do. So that's how you make your players feel fulfilled. I feel like Rangers, very often, if you're a fighter, the the GM doesn't have to do anything special. You're going to get to hit stuff. Completely. And and you don't have to think about it. I I get to hit stuff. Mm -hmm. I get to hit stuff a lot. And if you're a wizard, I mean, I I can find any opportunity to cast a fireball. So, but rangers, they tend to require some different situations. Even rogues, to a certain extent, rogues Mm -hmm. are another one that are like rangers, that the DM has to present these situations and scenarios to make the rogue um, useful in the story and to the party. But because of the nature of the game and the genre, that Mm -hmm. standard high fantasy genre fitting in something for the rogue to do tends to be a lot easier and more second nature to people right. improvising a story or who write the the material well, you know, and the thing about getting run at the table. all the you know all the classes is you know and this definitely applies to rogue is you may have a specialization earlier but like you need so if you're a rogue or even a ranger you need to do that thing the lightning rod thing earlier in your levels because once they re- once you all reach a certain level of like say nine-ish yeah like nine-ish or 11 it doesn't matter yeah you know like what's the what are you going to come up with for my rogue to sneak around he gets plus 13 stealth he's always he's never there he's only you only see a a Mm -hmm. rogue at level 11 if that rogue wants to be seen or if they roll a one and even if they roll a one they're still (laughs) right exactly they're still doing it but like so for instance but i mean that's when you start to start throwing in those like 
those creatures mm-hmm. with that crazy perception. Um, like that Lord of the Feast monster from the Dungeon the one that you almost uh, killed Dungeons and Dragonheim book. Girls with that you broke. Yes, exactly. That sentence yes. needs to be contextualized. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, for my middle school group, they were fighting the Lord of the Feast from the Dungeons of Drakenheim, and they were not enjoying his advantage on perception rolls and his plus 19 or 14 to perception. Um, they were having a real hard go of the hiding. Yeah. The rogue especially. The the ranged fighter was just angry <laughs> that she kept getting hit. She was like, I hate right. this guy. So, He's stupid. Uh, that was a good solid... So. And and then he would heal twenty hit points like every a, round, and they were like, Wah! "Is that almost all week for them?" So it took them the entire week to fight him. And they didn't go into the fight fresh; they had to clear the room first, which was a hard fight first. So they did a hard fight, short rested, and wow, then fought the hard them. hard fight. And <laughs> they're lucky that I'm kind because they should I have was, been dead. You know, I let's assume be honest. They're middle schoolers. I take it easy on them. And dying so, isn't necessarily. And fun. they are having a good time. So no, so Josh. What's the fantasy? If, if you had okay. to take everything you read, let's start with this. Give me the the thirty second elevator pitch of what you see a verge warden to be. A ranger is a class who stalks through nature and knows the ways of beasts and plants and uses magic to enhance the way they interact with nature and to fight uh, skulking from shadows, leaping from tree to tree um, with sword and bow and. Yeah. You know, with animals at their side. What is beyond that for your version? Well, I had come up with the two separate schools, essentially, of being, you know, two choices of being a verge warden, because that was born out of if you're approaching the ranger and you still. So I came up with the stalker and the guard, at least for this. The stalker is mm-hmm. a more typical uh, ranger archetype. Um, so that if you wanted to play, but, you know, okay. with the other trappings that we wanted to add to the ranger. But at the same time, sometimes I want them to be tougher. And I felt like sometimes Esterok would, you know, it's not just a regular set of woods. Whereas in your typical, you know, or, or, or jungle, I felt like in your typical adventure, you're going to come across a particularly haunted, a particularly dangerous uh, natural world. Sometimes, you know, it's going to be an, an area controlled by a witch mm-hmm. or whatever. But like Esterok, everything is more dangerous. So I feel like if you're training to be a verge warden, um, you should be able to have a more martial basically it's, it's your choice between having your strength as your bonus or your dex as your bonus and you make the same sacrifices um that anybody would so okay you know, when you create the character you know that at level three you're going to take either stalker or guard so you would roll your stats accordingly um you know if you're going to go with guard you're not going to be as sneaky you know you're not going to be as necessarily as stealthy but it i just felt like it needed the, the i just felt like the verge required two different approaches but with the same level of understanding Okay, so do you envision it as two know. separate subclasses then? It's just when I was writing it. Yeah, like I'm when I was writing it, it, down, it was like, right? both <laughs> make sense to me. And then I was just like, maybe I shouldn't combine the both. Okay. You know, I, I don't know. I, I guess this is an important step. That's you fair. Know? We You don't have to know. Yeah, I guess I guess that, that's what's uh, they're right. We're figuring Crawford it out. and the Dungeon Dudes, that this is a necessary step to kind of figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to have a vision. So, so my vision of a mm-hmm. Verge Warden is a ranger who, unlike everyone else, who fears the Verge, fears the world itself, because revergent magic, this ancient, eldritch, unknown, alien, mutating nature magic that permeates everything, unlike everyone else, they do not fear it. And to the to the commoners, they might see a Verge Warden as someone who is able to resist revergence. They're someone yeah. who is able to hold it at bay. What they don't know 
is that a verge warden doesn't hold it at bay. They don't resist it. They are at peace with it. I feel that way. A verge warden is a ranger who is at peace and at one with revergent magic and allows it to flow through them in a way that grants them the ability to use Mm -hmm. it to their benefit and to others' detriment. They use it defensively and offensively and through strict mental uh, control and and philosophical mm-hmm. discipline have come to a place where they understand how to let just enough in to use it, but not so much that they lose themselves. Yeah. And I envision the Verge Warden as a sort of transmuter mm-hmm. hybrid yeah. ranger. So that's my, Which, my uh, take. You know, my two Verge Wardens do a lot, you know, they utilize a lot of that stuff in the course of, you know, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Similar ideas, at least. So, yeah. So, Josh, okay. let's jump into it. Whose story wants to, should we go first? I mean, you want to go first? I, you want to go I'll second? Go second. You're yeah. going to, you're going to go second? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start with All my, right. st- my story's not long. It is, I just, I just zoomed up my font, so it's easier to read though. So here we go. I wish I had some mood music. <clears throat> There's no title to this story. This is just uh, about a, about a page and a quarter little flavor text story. The Verge Warden uncomfortably stalks the shadowed, misty ramshacks of the Grey, far below the rainbows and glittering crystal and metal palaces of Point Reach. Eyes seem to follow her as she moves between the patches of darker shadow, her footsteps muffled by the roar of the river not a hundred feet below the span. Here near the edges... Every surface clings with water, and it drips annoyingly off her cloak and hood, and makes the grip she keeps on her dagger slick and unsure. She would much rather be far from here, where the trees and vines were trying to kill her. At least that she could deal with easily. Unfortunately, the black market sale of Iliaster had led her here, and so into the slums of the city she had descended. She feels the hair on the nape of her neck perk up, and the slight taste of metal on her tongue that is the first clue that spurs her forward, as a bolt of black and green energy tears through the wall where only moments before her head had been. She ducks and rolls forward, her arm coming up and flashing out at a figure in the mist. The steel is knocked aside despite her true aim, and a gurgling laugh echoes through the slanted buildings. She focuses for a moment, confirming her senses. This one has dosed himself with Iliaster, the unchecked mutations already taking over his form, turning it bestial and twisted. Before she has a moment to respond, the figure is darting forward, faster than human feet should allow. It lifts a mutated arm of giant proportions, swinging the limb down viciously at her head, clutching desperately with one hand to a small stone fragment in her pocket. The Verge Warden tenses as the revergent magic begins to course through her. She opens the floodgate just enough that her body responds to that single piece of nature and her body answers in confirmation. She feels her flesh go rigid as it calcifies into a uh, similar mineral composition. She lifts a now stone-sheathed arm, bracing as the mutated figure smashes down with a clawed fist. The blow is deflected, and she leaps to one side, pushing back and swinging with the fist. She feels his flesh bend under the blow and smiles inwardly. He certainly felt that. The creature roars in pain, and she jumps back farther, dodging blow after blow. Cautiously, she leads the figure backwards toward an open stretch of the slum, where rags and ropes hang all around. As she feels them brushing against her back, she waits for the figure to close in. As he does, she can't help but grin. Once more, she reaches into her pocket, pulling out another squirming piece of vine and thorns that she grips tightly. She lets the magic flood back in again, careful to use enough but not go too far. With her other hand, she grips the ropes 
and wills them to change into twisting vines that will bind the figure up. Nothing happens. Panic begins to set in as she sees the leering grin from her enemy. Then she hears the laugh from behind her. Whirling around, a stooped figure in patchwork armor strides forward, a glowing yellow energy surrounding his outstretched hands. Damn, she thinks. A nullimancer. A blow from the mutant throws her backward and she slides along the slick stones. She felt her ribs crack despite the stone reinforcement. She scrambles back, desperate for her next move. The two advance, their powers in concert to hamstring her abilities and crush her. Dancing back, she wished desperately that her talon cat could have come into the city. She shakes her head, and droplets of water spray away from her. A solitary beam of rare sunlight happens to catch some of the water, making the droplets everywhere glitter for just a second. That's it, she thinks, and drops all her magic. Once more, she reaches for a token. This one, a small, shriveled mushroom. She knows this will take a great deal of revergent magic, so she braces herself. She reaches out and touches the mist all around her. The magic flares far enough from the Nullimancer to have its effect. Fungi and mushrooms begin to sprout from every surface, clogging the street and filling every crack and opening. They grow up into the air, traveling along the moisture that thickly lays on the gray. The pair ahead of her roar in protest as a wall of mushrooms and fungi rise up, cutting her off from their advance. This job will require help, she thinks. And casting a bit of traditional primal magic on herself, she darts away, traveling faster than any human should, and leaving no trace of where her feet have fallen. Awesome. And that's the Yours end. is good and really succinct. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's totally awesome. And yeah, that was really, really well done, actually. There. Bravo. Yeah. I'm I'm very glad you enjoyed it. So what I was trying to do in that, I was trying to capture the idea that, you know, we're going for. Like, you know, I don't know what they should be called. I for, for some reason I picture a thing like a key yeah. ring. <laughs> they got a key ring. And it's got a whole bunch of um, tokens or mm-hmm. fetishes or whatever you want to call them right there on it. And they kind of cycle through. I also always picture that goofy guy from the first Mummy yeah. movie who's got all the different <laughs> holy symbols on the keychain. <laughs> hey, Benny, you're on the wrong side um, of the river. And, you know, she... <laughs> and then, uh, you know, picking whatever, you know, you know, is there a rabbit's foot? Is there a, you know, they use a rabbit's foot to like oh, yeah, yeah. go fast or something like that. And and in this one, they used a piece of stone from the verge, a piece of vine from the verge, and a mushroom from the I verge. I definitely like a specialized I piece of gear. I wanted to kind of showcase cool. three things. Gear. Yeah, that's cool. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like you, er, but also it gave us. I was thinking in my head mechanically, it gives you something to level up as you mm-hmm. progress through the subclass. Sort of like how a druid can wild shape into progressively more useful mm-hmm. things as they advance yeah. forward. Um. I want to make sure that there's something built in there that they can't just use it willy-nilly without there being mm-hmm. a chance of a cost. You know, they, they don't want to uh, go revergent themselves, yeah. and so that's something they have to be careful of. And uh, I want them to be able to do some things that normally wouldn't fall in the ranger's wheelhouse. And I was that's where that transmutation, right. I, you know, a, a version, yeah, a limited version of came, transmutation kind you, of comes in. You know, yeah, you did, you, you did yeah, it we as well. Yeah, with that from same what you kind told of me. approach. Like, that's really the thing. I think ultimately that sets them apart. Yeah, I want them to be able to like grapple with a bear and, you know, pump a bunch of revergent magic into it. And it kind of has to like wheel back as like, you know, thorns start growing from it, which might be good, might be bad. You might end up then with a thorn bear, which is no fun. Nobody wants a thorn bear, but it also might piss off the bear enough that it runs away. (laughs) Thorn bear. Note made. TBD. Thorn bear. Actually, it's a really cool name. We got talent cats and thorn bear. Oh my. Thorn bears. Well, it reminds me of the Thornberries. <laughs> Nigel Thornberry here. Into the verge, ladies that's, and gentlemen. Well, that's a crossover. 
What are the thorn? What are the wild thornberries doing anyway? <laughs> the wild, the, yeah. the wild thornberries <laughs> go to Estrock. <laughs> so, what were some of your other thoughts? Give me your, give me your, give me your stuff. Let, okay, let, so create, let the juice flow story? metaphorically. Well, or that, or we no, can talk fine. more about um, mine and then read yours. Your, no, I definitely your like call. your. I like your approach. It, it's. I don't think it's terribly far from what I was thinking either. Um, I think we're probably pretty yeah. close and spot on. I, from what it sounds like, you you seem to be down on yourself about your story, but you're down on yourself is because you were you were being well, ambitious. Yeah, I guess that's, that's something we down on. Josh, true. stop that. It's, Aren't you proud? Well, no. well that for your sure, creativity because I did, was I did take that approach. Of course, you know how I tend to try to think and, and look at things, but I was just like, well, it is good that this is inspiring so many ideas in me. You know, it's the world we created, and it's inspiring so much more. You know. I'm just enjoying this the nice little bit of oh how the tables yeah. have turned. You know, I probably would have felt better if I had the time to finish it. That's really <laughs> what got me. I, I think it's because I'm I sure. think I'm okay. And then I get near the end, I'm like, well, now it's just the start I the, mm-hmm. the stuff I dictated, you know, but I can still put it together. So well here well, and you know what you can do is you get to a point where you feel like, you know, you've covered mm-hmm. what a verge warden does. You can always end with and what happens next is a yeah, tale that's true. for another day. <laughs> leave them all on a cliffhanger it, it, right listeners at home everyone, of course everyone loves do. a cliffhanger <laughs> all right um okay so my title okay, so let's is hear it. Lay it on document because that's one thing i didn't write that my hey isn't that serendipitous mine was also entitled untitled <laughs> document <laughs> uh you know i don't know why it's just something i love so much about it that's why i have like 74 untitled documents oh, why can't i find Google that one drive? story idea i put down i don't get it <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was called Untitled Document. Oh. All right. No, okay. I'm going to close my eyes All right. and and listen, because I like to Dang immerse it. immerse myself. Here we go. <sighs> the two Verge Wardens arrive at the outpost, outpost of Nebuchadnezzar. They've been sent there by their sentinel leader, Hannibal, to investigate the disappearance of a schoolhouse full of children. As they enter Nebuchadnezzar, they are greeted by the mayor and its constable. Verge Wardens, we're so grateful for your arrival. The children have been missing for almost an entire day, and we fear the worst, said the mayor. We tracked them as deeply as we dared, but the verge is no friend to the foolish, ad- added the constable with a hint of regret in his voice. Dismounting her tail and, ca- her tail and cat mount, the larger of the two verge wardens approach- approaches, extends her hands in comfort to the two men, clasping them gently on the shoulder. Uh, turning back is often the best choice when dealing with the verge. There's no shame in it. Your wisdom may have saved them. Dead men, in the, dead men in the verge can't do the children any good and certainly can't request the help of us wardens. Uh, the men appear to be relieved and take a step back. Over six feet tall and well-muscled, um, she towers above the two men. She indicates to herself, My name is Baractus. My name is Baracus, verge guardian, verge guard uh, from the Atim sent- Sentinel, and my partner here is Murdoch. Baracus gen- gestures to her smaller, more slender male partner. Here to help, Murdoch nods, his head nods his head adjusting the bow slung over his shoulder while still sitting upon his also his likewise slender talon cat uh time is not on our side however give me any details you have will help um the mayor goes on to explain that the school was the cent- was in the center of town it was a three star three story old tower that had been at the settlement when it was cre- when it was created oh there I, I, I should have made my font bigger um so they <laughs> let me start over hang on the mayor goes on to explain that the school was the center was at the center of town. It was a three-story tower, and it had been there since the creation of the outpost. 
It was they being so close to the verge, they felt a well-established building would be the best place for their primary schooling. Lately, there had been numerous small raids from creatures of the verge, including including at least one small group of slither shadows in the night. Uh, the children were definitely more on edge than usual, um, but the sturdy schoolhouse was definitely a place of comfort for them, and it was where the community gathered until the all clear was sounded whenever trouble arrived. Um, Baracus says, "I think I can guess what happened." Uh, was that okay? Yes, Mistress Warden. The tower became. I think I can guess what happened," said Brackus. Uh, "Yeah, uh, Mr. Swarden, the tower seems to have become an, er- an orphan keep during the uh, class. Suddenly, during midday, all eight children were gone as the tower ran that way." The mayor pointed toward an impossible to miss swath of destruction trailing under the verge. "This is a mystery. The town wasn't in danger at all. No call had gone up," asked Murdoch. "Just another normal day in Nebuchadnezzar. And where was the teacher? Uh, are they lost as well?" At this point, a small man stepped from the group of onlookers. Uh, my name is Benedict Benedict Simon. I'm the instructor of the school. I live on the second floor and had stepped away to retrieve a book downstairs when the build, building began to move uh, and was and I was thrown out the window. My daughter was among the children. Will the orphan keep hurt her? Not likely, Baracus replied. On the contrary, all the children are with one of the safest places they could be al- if they were alone in the verge. The orphan keep will go to great lengths to protect them. Getting them out is the challenge. Finding them should be easy. Um... Some days I wonder why I didn't stay in point reach, Simon muttered as he walked away. Um, we should head out. The kids are safe, but but prying them out is going to be tricky. I'd rather have the sun, suggested Murdoch. Agreed, replied Baracus. Um, as expected, the path through the verge was easy to follow. The wardens and their mounts move effortlessly across the jungle floor. Baracus and her cat, Van, always trailing behind Murdoch and his mount copped. Murdoch, a trained verge warden stalker, trained for speed and agility with uh, with copped, with his copped built... Hmm. Sorry, that was, I didn't get to edit it. No, you're doing yeah, great. I didn't get to edit that part, so it doesn't make any sense. Basically, what I basically what I say is each Verge Warden has uh, a Talon Cat mount that matches their build, right? So if you're a larger one, you have a larger Talon Cat. If you're shorter okay. one, you're a shorter Talon Cat. Okay, I'm yeah. going to make a note so I can ask when you Suddenly, the trail had going. disappeared. The crush brush down trees ended abruptly. The Wardens dismount and begin to investigate the area. Murdoch is the one to see the scrapes up the larger trees. It must have scaled the trees. Look at the gouges here. Something huge climbed these. Copt and I will go up and take a look. Uh, Murdoch and Cop deftly climb the, tra- climb the trees to the enormous canopy. Standing at the top and letting his eyes adjust to the sun, Murdoch sees a clearing about two miles away. And there is a three-story tower at the edge of the clearing. Uh, that would have to, that would have to be shoot that would ha- that would have to be it. The verge was already overtaking it. Murdoch returned to the ground to report his findings to Baracus. Um, it's like the verge has begun working on reclaiming the building for weeks. I haven't seen anything like it. Murdoch puzzled. Not that quick, anyway. Agreed. Baracus reached out into the verge with her keen primal awareness. For generation, rangers from all worlds can sense threats miles away. A verge warden, however, can pinpoint them if they're close enough. And Baracus knows two miles down, there's a demon. This far from Oregal and the Elder Pit? Primals protect us. This must be... This just got very complicated, Murdoch. Demons. Baracus watches as Murdoch, too, reaches out as if unable to believe her. The calm in his face twists as he spits in disgust. Demons. That explains a lot. Reckon a fear catcher? Makes sense. Um, I've heard of them following their nose this far out. Frightened frontier folk can be like ringing a dinner bell. Fear catcher demons do fear catcher demons do exactly what their name implies. They gather fear and feed on the psychic rush that comes from it. Relatively harmless to someone with a strong will, unless they've fed enough, and then they can be nasty. And honestly, that's pretty much where I don't have the rest is my dictation from that point on. So Okay. So 
you want to summarize the rest kind of to the end? Just kind of give me the summary because you told me a summary that sort of encapsulated the Verge right. and so what they were doing too. Basically what they do is they, they end up going to, uh, they get to the edge where the uh, Orphan Keep, which is another thing that I think we've only talked about in passing. Yeah, we're going to So where the Orphan Keep has done, been yeah. overrun by the Verge. Uh, Murdoch goes up and he basically spies through the third window. He sees eight children sleeping and a ninth one standing. And as he's kind of peering in through the window, cause he's, he's scaled the side of the, the keep, um, the, the ninth child, which they were expecting a, the ninth child kind of turns its head and then kind of turns it further than a kid can, you know, implying demon. Um, but before he can be seen, Murdoch jumps off of the, you know, he, he, he kind of catapults off the side and he uses his token to essentially sprout wings which allow him to cut a short and safe path down to the ground. Um, he explains and confirms mm-hmm. to Baracus that they have, in fact, uh, it does in fact look like a demon is the problem. So they hatch a plan where um, Murdoch is going to stalk in through the building. He's going to come and purposely use a some his revergent token for brush, which he's attached to an arrowhead. He's going to shoot the arrow, purposely okay. missing the demon, so that it hit, so that it embeds itself into the wall behind, and then turns a section of the wall, say you know, a couple feet from stone into like grassy brush, which makes it easy for Brachus's talent cat to smash its head through and grab, you know, grab the demon child and whip it out child. and throw it down onto the ground. Um, and then there's a there's All a right. battle that ensues. Um, but you know, I, I'll finish writing it and, and cleaning it up, and we can maybe put it on the website or something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I your I want to tell you right now. I know it's you're because like, I didn't finish it. You seem to be yeah, like it's I down on it. yourself. Yeah, get over <laughs> it, man. It's okay. Yeah, you didn't have a publisher deadline. No, and what I'll tell you this: your description of your story, I loved so much that that's what inspired that's my great. story. <laughs> yeah, like it. It really it 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 rang a a very clear bell in my imagination that then I wanted to use. Yeah, because then later I have I jumped into it. Barakas so, face off with the demon. That's where I'd said they'll, you know, changes the ground so that they both get stuck in it so the demon can't pursue the kids. Um, then the demon mm-hmm. yep. gets frustrated, goes to strike Barakas. Barakas turns her arms into uh, granite or whatever stone token she had and is able to block them. Then follows up, punches him in the face with the, you know, in the jaw with the, with the granite arms, shattering his jaw, breaking his teeth. So I have the part where it like bellows at her. Does it look like uh, a no? It, it, no, at time? some point it does actually turn into a demon. It does turn <laughs> oh, into a nuts. demon because <laughs> that's specific to the story too. Because one of the kids sees it, screams in terror. Because as soon as it's gone, it's out from like their thrall, screams in terror, and that reactivates the orphan keep, which then takes off into the woods. And so Brackus has to send her talon cat to assist Murdoch and his talon cat in getting the kids out before they lose. You know, who knows what'll happen? And then so that left Brackus to fight the demon. Okay. Alone. Okay. But you know using the mud to slow it down okay, so. know, changing transmuting the ground to slow it down was a was definitely a part of my original intent that i didn't get to finish so all right i love all this okay so yeah. first thing we have to touch on with your story is your your well, I just, it was that the eighteen was what i as we have more than often discussed on here names are freaking hard so i would decided to go with the, the you know a, a set of names and you know their specialized team it seemed appropriate that's and I'm sure Baracus's of course, full name is of Barbara Ann Baracus. Totally. <laughs> and yes, she, and yes, she, she has a mohawk and wears a ton of gold. That's completely fine. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah. yeah, names are hard, but that and then I that Murdoch was, that was, was there. That was wonderful. You know, one of their sneakier Talk. types. Um, you know, sort of. I mean, honestly, in the it was the eighties. He was, I think, he was played for a joke because of mental illness. And I'm not a super into. I'd never watched a lot of the A Team, other than that I'm aware yeah. of its existence, but I never really watched yeah. a lot of it. Tell me, tell me, why don't you talk to me a little bit about? Because you, you see, you you did this thing, man. You went in there and you're like creating yeah. other monsters. Like I think I heard like three different monsters yeah. we haven't created yet in your story. So let me see if I got these. You have Which, an orphan keep. Yeah, you know, keep. way, way back we had put that on before the talent cat. That was one of the possible things. Yep. Yeah, yeah, orphan keep, which I came up with a while ago. A f- yeah, that's fear what I just, eater? that was the name I came up with quick. What did I call him? Hang on a second, because again, names are hard, and I couldn't think of an appropriate A team villain. Then uh, disappeared. Crush. The A team had villains. Well, they I mean they sort of had villains. Usually, it was corporate types, I guess, or bullies that were too big for their bridges. Fear cat, fear catcher capitalism yeah fear catcher so fear catcher also on yeah so they were actually demons that the more i thought about it after i had initially written the idea is that they wouldn't actually be in oregon city all that much because there's not a lot of fear to to feed on um they would range up but they generally stuck to point reaches in my mind they stick to point reach because there's more fear there um but you know occasionally the fear of people, you know, they, they get drawn to the fear of people who live on the frontier. They're pushing the frontier of the verge. Um, and then my idea for, uh-huh. and again, I, you know, as is often the case, just kind of half-baked. The, the overall thing is that they're drawn to that. They feed on it. They get stronger because of it. And then there would be a lesser and a greater and like a greater one can actually instill fear purposely. And that's essentially what this one has done to these kids. And when the kids became afraid, that goes back to the orphan keep. And orphan keep is... An animated an building, animated yeah, building an animated building that orphans. a child lost in the verge um, may seek shelter in, and because of you know child's aptitude, closeness to Iliaster, and feeling like this house is where they're safe and this house will keep them safe, the house essentially comes to life and and does actually keep them safe. Yeah. So yeah. So those are two things. So yeah, you threw it. Yeah, you like that, and um, so you've got. And you've got it kind of got your verge warden split into yeah. what is it was a stalker and a but guard. But I like your stalker, you know, your okay. your version so much I could that would be fine with me. I just there's not there I don't think there's I think I don't think we're at a point yet where we can completely dictate that right. they're yeah. it different. would just be well because mine could have just you know, been a stalker. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah. I'm thinking about it like this. A a fighter battle mm-hmm. master chooses well okay i'm trying to think here fighters choose a fighting style before they choose a subclass paladins choose a fighting style before they choose a subclass rangers don't choose uh, a fighting style, not before a they? subclass uh my book is out of my reach but i, I you know that's okay so what we we can look at other subclasses and dictate or determine whether or not there are any other subclasses that have a branch within them because usually if you think about it subclasses right. are the branch Rangers the made road, and then the subclasses are the branch. I don't know off the top of my head any. Oh, yes, I do. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if any subclasses that branch within yeah. them. You know what I mean? A warlock branches to. Um, well, a warlock branches twice, right? There's the fiend. No, because that's just the whole, whole the whole thing. Fiend, fey, um, or great so old at one. Second and then level they do, uh, um, pack. At second level, a ranger can adopt a particular style of fighting as their specialty. 
and you can choose from a limited set of options. Okay, so being a verge guard, being a versus a verge stalker might be a might be a product of the fighting style you choose in your ranger yeah. class. So I mean, a lot of yeah, it would be. So then a lot of them, well. No, I guess it would be. It's just that usually, you know, I wanted to be able to have them have an option that's, you know, weapon options that weren't just um, bows and finesse weapons. Um, And that's really kind of my hang up there, if that's the note we can make. Because if you wanted to make one where you wanted to have, you know, weapons that do a little bit more oomph. Well, all we have to do is say that a Verge Warden, one of the things they get is access to different weapons. And then when you build the character in advance, you can, you know, at the early levels, you can just say, okay, yeah. That was like a thing for me because it would be cool to be able to choose. Yeah. If you become a verge warden, you become proficient with heavy weapons in yeah. case you choose to become a okay. yeah. verge guard. Something like that. There's nothing yeah, saying we can't do that's that. That's what I have in mind is the ability to be able to be a little tougher. Okay. And I see I see the, even the stalkers mm-hmm. as being able to be tougher. This whole thing is these are these are rangers. Yeah. Well, cubed. I mean, I, I, it, <laughs> these are the, yeah, rangers, the rangers to rangers. rangers. It seems necessary to make you want to choose them you know and yeah well I, when i described this to jody she was like that sounds awesome why would you the, want to play anything the, else that's the desire right like that's what it should be right like i want to create a ranger that's so exactly. cool that people actually Instead want of to just, play it <clears throat> well which is why ultimately <laughs> because can i tell you my desire to ever play a ranger right, at a fighting is, game is pretty but much i nil. always you know so, i always wanted to play rangers and the drake warden is still my favorite ranger archetype mm-hmm. with one exception I always really loved the idea right, of the urban exactly. ranger. Exactly. Then you're like making Batman more or less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Urban rangers were awesome back in 3.5. And do you know where there's an Where's urban that? ranger subclass? Oh, probably ever. Oh, Dungeons okay. of Drakenheim. They made an urban ranger specifically for traveling right. around Right. So this Drakenheim would be scene. our version of this. So. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Only ours is yeah. a verge warden, a verge ranger. Um, so I, I liked that yours were working in teams. Here's a thought for you, just kind of as these fantasies have grown up, are Talon Cats, I know we div- we devised the t- yeah. Talon Cat because we wanted a mount, but are Talon Cats the only mounts that Verge Wardens use? No, I, I don't think so. Um, it's just, it's it's going to definitely be the one that I they're would, closely associated with. Because I know you wanted yours on like a flying something or other. I do want, I do want to have someone as a flying I know, option, I, but I'm sorry. So I think about it this way. The guards, the guards in the Sword Coast ride griffins. Right. <laughs> I mean... And poor PCs are like level eleven, and they're casting, you know, you know, they're they're controlling the heavens themselves. And, yeah, but, I mean, mounts no, are mounts mount. are cool. I mean, later on, Baracus's yeah, Baracus's DM's nightmare uh, mount is going to come and rip the head off the demon unexpectedly because that's just cool. Yeah. Okay, so I I think we have I think what we can do what we're gonna do is we are going to translate mm-hmm. our stories into and 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 we can do this together we're going to translate these stories into a non-narrative three paragraph max description of what a verge okay. warden does not a story about a verge warden but what a verge warden does three paragraphs it'll take half an hour to write and it'll be the flavor text that goes at the start of okay. the subclass section that will be i'm going to compare it to so for instance let me let mm-hmm. me read to you here this is the description paragraph from the Gloomstalker okay. Ranger, yep. which is a subclass. Okay, um, These are from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Gloomstalkers are at home in the darkest places, deep under the earth, 
in gloomy alleyways, in primeval forests, and wherever the light dims. Most folk enter such places with trepidation, but a gloomstalker ventures boldly into the darkness, seeking to ambush threats before they can reach the broader world. Such rangers are often found in the Underdark, but they will go to any place where evil lurks in the shadows. Mm -hmm. That's one. So you'll notice a lack of mechanical anything. Um... Let's pull up another one, shall we? I'm going to pull up... What's a, what is a ranger subclass from the um, player's handbook? Is Beastmaster in the players? Yes, it is. Beastmaster. Master of Beasts. Okay, subclass features. Here we go. So let me... I just, I'm going to... D&D... Okay, the Beastmaster archetype embodies a friendship between civilized races and the beasts of the world. United in focus, beasts and rangers work as one to fight the monstrous foes that threaten civilization and the wilderness alike. Emulating the, uh, uh, the beast master archetype means committing yourself to this ideal, working in partnership with an animal as its companion and friend. These are yeah. one paragraph, Josh. They're one paragraph. We can come up, we, we have enough here to write one yeah, paragraph. That's true. Yeah, easily. So we're going to write one paragraph. It's going to be pretty. I'm going to make a graphic. Yeah. You're going to tweet it out. On You're going to put it on yeah. the Insta. On the Insta, we're going to compete against all the Coachella tweets. And <laughs> that is actually our number one competitor. And tweet. Why is it for people's attention? For eyeballs, for sure. A, a co- it's uh, obvious. It's it's yeah. it's Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, these are. So if we look at a subclass, you know, the uh, again, I'm just looking at my Gloomstalker here because Gloomstalker is pretty much considered like Gloomstalker. When they put out Xanathar's Gloomstalker, was the okay? Let's give you a subclass okay, yeah. so that you want to play a ranger. Um, lots of people will say like Gloomstalkers are the, mm-hmm. are the strongest yeah. ranger archetype or ranger subclass. So they have their describing paragraph. Then the first thing they do is they give you the 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 Gloomstalker magic you, that every single one starts with. Here's your extended your extended spell list. So, all right. So you have an extended spell list. And then you have mm-hmm. a third level ability, a couple of them, a seventh level ability, an 11th level ability, a 15th level ability. Um, let's see here. No, yeah. And 15th level ability. That's where I think mine stops. So we need to look through. All right. I'm trying to hear. Let's look at Beastmaster. Third level. Um, yeah, I mean, they should have level changes that are the same you know throughout right so you get okay so you get your ranger archetype features at sorry hold on one second hold on one second i mean a lot of these things could seventh so seventh level um 11th level 15th level oh yeah so yeah that's right about it goes up to 15th level that's the highest one for the ranger archetypes so 15th level was for same for drake work right that's when you can finally ride dragon ride it yeah Okay. Well, while it's flying, so, it can fly, but you can't couple, ride on it flying until 15th yeah. level. <laughs> so I, th- I can, uh, my brain's already starting to sm- swirl a couple of things here. Um, leveling up what kind of reversion, you know, maybe starting with defensive revergence or starting with maybe different schools of revergent magic. You know, you get one school at third, you get yeah. another school at fifth, you get another school at seventh. Um, Maybe you start with, you know, you start with mineral, you do this. Things like you're going to have advantage on revergence saving okay, throws. Yeah. Um, however, maybe something like when you use one of these, I'm going to call them transmutation transmutation effects. When you use a transmutation effect, it only lasts for Yeah, I would definitely say it was fleeting. Yeah. And, then you, and then after a round, you have to choose to hold it. But if you hold it, then there's a danger of triggering... Um, Another revergent uh, slide. 
yeah revergent rolls that you do, yeah, exactly you 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 can if you do it you can do it for like six seconds around mm-hmm. free but after six seconds there's an a, a round by round increasing chance that you're going to start right. a cascade effect within yourself so someone else would try doing that they'd instantly lose themselves you can hold it for six seconds and then right. switch between them for six seconds you can drop and put up new ones but if you do too many too fast you and can I would start assume that, that was when something you're I was thinking. Um, right, but if you did like so, exactly. you're like your mushroom thing where you made them where the mushrooms sprouted up everywhere thickly. That wouldn't also mm-hmm. cause the that's. But yeah, and one of the things you should be able to do also our our ranger should be able to mm-hmm. reverse yeah. revergence. Maybe they they have a way of reversing it, and they should be able to force right. it in okay. other people. Yeah. I'm gonna force force the enemy to make a revergence roll. Now that could go badly for you. I'm going to force them to make a revergent. I pump them full of revergent magic. Um, that could go badly. Maybe all of a sudden the thing they're right, fighting that's horrible grows wings. Well, that did not improve the situation, extra, you know, Barakas. Feet of movement, or you know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It gets faster. Um, so lots yeah. of ideas that I think are going to be really good. So I quite liked your story. It inspired my creativity, oh, and for you. that, I thank you. You're very welcome. So yeah, we'll put together our paragraph. We'll post it up on our social medias. And then at our next episode, I think we need to start laying out the roadmap. Here's the roadmap of third, fifth, mm-hmm. seventh, eleventh, fifteenth. And what and this you know what we should and we should also focus on yeah. the extended spell list. Um and then this should be really easy because we can look at, okay, I want to make my stone my arms stone for a second to to increase my AC or give me a stony attack. Find you know, yeah. flesh to stone. Okay, what level do you? Wiz- yeah, I really like that. Do that stuff like and that. then line those up. up. Ideas. Find something like it. Yeah, that's really. Yeah, I'm. That's really I'm looking forward to make that. things a lot easier. Okay. Yeah. But I think that is yeah. all of our time for today, Josh. So I, I want to thank everyone out there for listening and joining with us and going along on this mm-hmm. fantastical journey. Um, but that is all of our time for today. So thank you again for listening and supporting the show. Uh, please remember to listen, subscribe, and rate the podcast on your podcast player app or um, website of choice. It helps us. It really It does. helps the podcast. It's It helps you by getting out all the stuff we make to the people out there who might not know about it. But for more information or to peruse the latest uh, drafts of our creations, please visit our website at www.fourthpillarofplay, all spelled out, where you can also like, follow, or message us on Twitter, email, or Instagram. Thank you again, and we look forward to creating more with you.